Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 463 of Film Bastards. This is going to be the most rushed intro ever. Uh, we are on a clock today, people. Um, so, my name is Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everyone. And Matt Foster, hello everybody. Hello, hello. Uh, Hurricane Me has been and gone. Uh, everybody is safe. Um, the hurricane was four days ago. The power went out here yesterday for several hours. Uh, a tree went down yesterday and took a power line out. Um, amazing stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, what are we here to review? Um, we're going to be focusing on reviews today. Um, I've got about an hour and a half, so we'll see what we can uh, get done. So we're going to be talking uh, Andrew Dominic's controversial, to say the least, Blonde. Um, the uh, hit horror movie of the moment, Smile. Um, and My Mind's Gone Blank. Monsters. Um, the months, yeah, Jesus Christ, Rob Zombie's the monsters. Uh, so you'll have our thoughts on them as well. Um, if we have time, we'll talk about what we've been watching in trailers and whatnot. But uh, yeah, we are a pod syndicate show, so please follow other uh, like-minded shows like the Iron Sequel, Twin Stroker vs. Punter, His Film, Her Movie, The Rewatch Project, and Entertainment Landfill, and Patreon.com forward slash Film Bastards, where we were going to be starting the Guy Ritchie marathon uh, this week. However, uh, unfortunately. Um, some medical issues on my end um, like it, it's nothing super 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 bad but basically means that um, we're unable to do a full on show and marathon today but next week we will be starting the uh, the marathon which I kind of feel like this is the most obvious title but let's, I'm going to swing oh, it by oh, you guys right, now go on then because I've got the title as well let's see let's see if it's no, as no, obvious as we Mark, think go on. no Mark do it lock stock and three smoking bastards yeah, there you go. <laughs> the same one. Yeah. <laughs> Virtual high five. Um, so, uh, lock, stock, and three smoking bastards will start next week with lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Um, good film, but we'll talk about good it next film. week. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so let's get into it. Uh, apparently Mark is bursting at the seams to talk about this so uh, let's let's not delay any longer uh, Blonde is directed by Andrew Dominic and stars Anna de Armas and uh, Adrian Brody among others um, and is based on a novel from the year 2000 by Joyce Carol Oates yeah yep um, and so is a fictionalised telling of the life of Marilyn Monroe, played here by Anna de Armas, who um, has an abusive mother, uh, is told by the mother that her dad is uh, like an actor who uh, will be, like she will see one day. Um, and it chronicles um, her relationship life as she searches for the ideal partner who she very much wants to call Daddy. Uh, so, Mark, let's start off with you. Andrew Dominic's Blonde. We've been looking forward to this one for a while. Uh, all the pre... like the, the things that we were hearing pre-release were interesting. And, yes, please, we would like to see this. 
uh, we just covered Andrew Dominic um, in the um, the F list shows as we covered uh, Killing Them Softly. Uh, we are fans of Andrew Dominic. What did you think of Blonde? Uh, well, for a start off, um, I think before I get into the film, um, I think one of the reasons why uh, Netflix has decided to start scaling back its the way that it's producing films is I think largely Blonde could be held quite responsible for that um, in the sense that um, I, I, I think Netflix is partially responsible for this because I think Netflix have heard prestige director Marilyn Monroe biopic Alan Armis and gone sold and haven't actually gone any further than that I don't think anyone at Netflix has for instance read Blonde I have read Blonde it's not very good <laughs> but I thought that it was going to be interesting to see what Andrew Dominic would do with Blonde um, and see you know where he would where he would take that idea um, was quite surprised that it doesn't start with this is a work of fiction yeah because the problem is there will be people who will go and watch this movie thinking that this is based on that this is a biopic of Marilyn Monroe not a complete work of fiction mm. um, it is quite simply one of the most exploitatively pathetic films that I have seen in a long long time uh, it's in no way um, is it clever I reject the idea that it even looks that nice. Uh, You've got a soft focus on anything; it looks all right. It's not. It's not. No. Skillful. There's a, a shift in between aspect ratios and everything like that, which doesn't feel like it's done for any reasons other than Andrew Dominic just swatting about. Um, it's a quite vicious and nasty piece of work mm. by a man who I think is quite an angry man if you're going by interviews that he's done very recently where he's he's just come across as quite bitter and quite angry this is a bitter and angry movie that's not angry at the at the world in which Marilyn was was treated or anything like that because it's a work of fucking fiction yeah it's there is a world where you could tell a work of fact that is angry at the way that Marilyn Monroe was treated this isn't because it is a complete work of fiction. It is... Adida Armis spends, a, I would say, a good third of the runtime of this movie without a top on, for no reason. Does not enhance the story, does not have any kind of... any kind of bearing upon what is happening in those scenes other than just, look, tits... Um, it is it, it's it's icky but not even you, you can't take it in it's icky as in the world it's set in because the world it's set in is complete fiction that Andrew Dominic is being kind of sneaky with yeah. in not telling you that it's fiction but also having that comfortability of going oh this is a work of fiction I'm not saying these things happened 
So he's trying to have his cake and eat it too, whilst also spending a lot of time looking at Anand Armis without a top on. It is... The score's good. The score's good. Yeah. It's very Twin Peaksy. Yeah. Incredibly Twin Peaksy. Yeah. Which I think it, it is absolutely intentional. Uh, from Nick that cue uh, towards the end is yes. crazy Twin Peaks. It is insanely Twin Peaks. And I think that, that's fine, but just, yeah, it's... It's near three hours long. It, it does absolutely nothing but essentially just be misery porn through a very a nasty and bitter angle mm. that portrays Marilyn Monroe as frankly naively childlike stupidity verging on the way that the eyes of Tammy Faye depicted Tammy Faye it's a quite pathetic piece of work to be honest it's so disrespectful of her memory she wasn't a stupid woman no but all, I, Again, I'm going to get back on my soapbox. Um, Do you want a hand? It, no, I don't need a hand getting up here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the stepladder, it's, it's fine. <laughs> uh, it, right, again, going back to the fact that this is a work of fiction and that they will fall back on that under any criticism. The, the surface level of ensuring that every little moody shot that's done is based around a popular picture mm. of Marilyn Monroe, uh, so people can go, "Ooh, that's that's that that that's from the I, I've seen this picture before." Mm. Is again, no, you, you're wanting to constantly have your cake, Andrew, and eat it. Yeah, it's just a, even just every depiction of everything is just oh. Grow up. Mm. So I uh, Bex, you loved it, didn't you? I I really hated it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's it, it's just the utter disrespect for me that that really pissed me off. Um, I, I I really hope he gets in some trouble for the way that he's depicted certain people in it, and there's some quite powerful estates of people that have passed that. I could see taking action against him because it is presented as a biopic it is presented as being you know like you say if they've made more effort to go look it is based on a work of fiction it is a fictionalised extrapolation of established facts well it's very interesting I bored the shit out of you, Becky. <laughs> so you know, at the end of pretty much every single fucking movie that isn't even ones that are based around facts, mm. you have the bit at the end that says this movie is a work of fiction. Any uh, similarities, any similarities to, to real people is purely coincidental, etc., etc. Et yeah. yeah, it just says at the end this is a work of fiction, but doesn't do the no. any <laughs> depictions. <laughs> What is it? It's purely coincidental. Mm. It's like, we, they can't do that. Because it's pointative. Yeah. It's... Mm, yeah. There's, there's no even actual... It's a conspiracy theory that Marilyn Monroe had a relationship with JFK. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
to the point of where... It's widely accepted conspiracy theory, but there is quite solid evidence that it never happened. That that, that they've met literally once. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Karen. Uh, No, I I, I mean, I said to you in the car, I don't really have an awful lot to say about it. I don't think it deserves the oxygen. It's it's just awful. Anna de Armas is, is pretty good in it. You know, the... I very much doubt that she spoke in the Marilyn Monroe voice all the time, like she does in this movie. But that's clearly been done because she's gone through quite a lot of voice coaching to get the Marilyn Monroe voice right. And if she's not doing that voice, I'm guessing she still probably has a fairly thick accent. So she's got that one voice right and run with it. But which, is, which is fair. Which is perfectly fair enough. Yeah, it is. You know, she she looks like Marilyn Monroe. She commits to the mannerisms and stuff like that. I think it's a solid performance, but. If it's if it's trying to be a comment on the exploitation of Marilyn Monroe, exploiting Anna de Armas is not the way to go about it. If it's supposed to be, look how badly she was treated. I don't think it's bad. I, 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 I think, think it wants to be that in part. I think it also wants... I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going for. I, I, I just think nastiness. I just think it's nastiness it is a, for the sake of it nastiness. It is a nasty little film, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean i think i agree with pretty much everything you guys have said here really it's um it, it's a film made by a guy who hasn't directed a film in a decade doesn't seem to be that bothered about making a film but has gone all in on this and it's like you said at the start, Mark, the whole kind of like Netflix starting to back away from doing projects like this and like that kind of like step maybe stemming from Blonde. I could absolutely see that, but just the way that it's obviously no notes have been accepted whatsoever. Mm. Like none. Um, this is absolutely unfiltered Andrew Dominic. And um, unlike Liz Truss, he only like he can't blame anyone but himself with this you know i mean like um sorry uh fucking just topical <laughs> d- yeah just the, the absolutely dropping quasi quatang in, in it about the tax rate thing was fucking hilarious like the fucking <laughs> cheek of it um but uh, just to solely blame him it's amazing it, anyway it, um, it literally it, it was it was borderline like it it, it was so close to her literally going it wasn't me <laughs> i was just gonna say it's like yeah. shaggy levels isn't it yeah. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Um, but no, I mean, it, it, it. This feels like Netflix saw all the elements on paper and were like, "Yeah, let's go, let's let's get some Oscar glory." And it, it is just a, all like a, basically a complete misfire. I think Anna de Armas does what she's asked to do. Um, I think that she is not a stature enough actress to call bullshit on some of this. I, I would be intrigued to see like years down the line what Anna the Armas actually thinks about this film because the things that she's asked to do on this, like from her agent's point of view, I get it because it's like if this thing works, you know, like you are, you are going to get so many plaudits and blah, blah, blah. But it just, the 
minutes long sequence of her of the the nc17 sequence mm. let's just say um i i am surprised that i i i don't know like it, it, that she doesn't go come on now but like i say she's probably just not a powerful enough actress to actually be able to have that sway and i think andrew dominic would probably tell her to fuck off anyway so um, do you know what though do you know what i would say about that there should be somebody a producer or somebody there should have gone no no you don't you don't need to do that it it um do you know what it is right I'm, I'm going to go really obscure reference here. <laughs> You've seen Calvary, haven't they? The, um, what's it film? With Brendan Gleeson. Yes. So there's a bit in that, and I, I think it's in this film, I'm fairly certain it is. Dylan Moran essentially plays an arsehole, the rich arsehole on the island who made a load yep. of money and investments, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And at one point, Brendan Gleeson's character goes there, and he's, and I'm, Para, like I say, he's pointing at a painting and going, I'm going to take that painting off there and I'm going to take a piss on it. It's £250,000 and I'm going to piss on it. And Brendan Gleeson's character's like, why? <laughs> like, why would you do that? And then the next shot is him taking a piss on this painting. And it's like for no reason other than he can and why the fuck not? And it's like, He's he's doing it to be shocking for somebody who isn't bothered and doesn't care about being shocked. Mm. Yeah. And that scene, it, it is just like it, it's it's Adam Dominic going, look, look at this, look at this, and everyone going, what? Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> you you you're trying to shock me by showing something shocking, and then when I'm not shocked, just pointing at it more and getting angry, and it's just. It's not shock. You're not Haneke, dickhead. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. Good, good analogy. It's a deep cut. I like it. And um, it, I mean, like you say, the score is fine, and it, you know, I, I think there is some interesting shots in it. I think that there's an air of oppression about the whole thing, which absolutely, it is the film that Andrew Dominic wanted to make. I just don't know why anyone bankrolling it would think that anyone would want to see it. If like it was that, true, that's... I think that would have merit, that, that, fine. But, like, a, a large chunk of the film is her dealing with the guilt of getting the abortion. Which there is absolutely zero evidence she ever did. <laughs> you mean it's not, but that's I mean, probably the... it, 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 it's not based. You, you, you can't. It's a fictional story, but the, you're constantly looking for relevance in the actual factual life. But it's a fictional story. Yeah. And and, and yeah, and I mean, like the whole kind of nightmare logic to so to like a lot of this film. I think there's something interesting there, but why it's being applied to this story, I don't know. Um. Sorry, two ticks. Hey, okay. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. Um, sorry. Um, yeah, the, the, the whole nightmare. It, 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 yeah, it, it, I just don't. I don't get why this film exists. Yeah. Um, also, just to say, the people have been talking about it being anti-abortion propaganda. I think maybe propaganda is a little bit strong, but I will also say, what 
what the fuck? Like the the the, the feet is talking to her. Just what? I I I, I, it, I, I think yeah I I, 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 say, I don't think it's quite near anti-abortion. I do think it's a very it's a very hyper conservative film. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. It, it, it's a, a there's, 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 I mean, right. So again, and it is applying real life to a fictional story, but I think it's very difficult to not with this. The because it presents itself as real. Yeah, but the whole daddy thing. She apparently did call her first husband, which the film doesn't even mention because it's not a real story. <laughs> uh, but she did, she did, she did refer to her first husband as daddy. He he is in life confirmed that. Yeah. Um, granted, he was twenty five and she was sixteen when they got married, I believe. Yeah. Um, and even he's admitted it was a marriage to get her out of the orphanage that she was in. Um, but. The film makes such a pointative point, and it is aching to put that point across that she referred to every male in her life as daddy, with the exception of the one man she might have loved, a guy who she might have had a relationship with in Charlie Chaplin's son. Yeah. Um, but she refers to all of her husbands as daddy because she was just a lost little girl just looking for her dad (laughs) it's Jesus Christ Mm. it's an absolute piece of shit Uh, sorry I was just getting a charger I was listening but uh, apologies Um, yeah I mean this, this this is it you know and it's like the daddy thing made me die on the side. But how did he get final cut? I mean, well, I suppose it's the only way he was going to agree to make the film. But I, I it just... How did no one just go, no, you, you, you can't do that? And I mean, to be fair, the NC-17 bit was probably in the screenplay, but... And I, I don't know. Just it, 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 is, it is infantile as well. Isn't he watching, like, a mm. rocket launch or something? Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on. Um, oh, God. And it's just, it's so long and it's so oppressive. And, like, the... Boring. Like, the... Well, yeah. I mean, there's that as well. And the thing is, every now and then, there's a hint of something. Like, you've got that scene where she's on the phone and negotiate Like, that she's asking, like, well, how much did Jane Russell get in Gentleman Before a Blonde? And, um... Like, she's kind of, like, giving her agent crap for it. Um, And it's like, okay, there is a sign here that this woman actually knows what she's doing. But the rest of the film, she's just this passive vessel Mm. that, like, she's just going from one thing, like, one thing to the other, one partner to the other. Um, And there's just... But then you have the scene where she's talking about the play with uh, with Arthur Miller and he kind of like he realizes holy shit this is an interesting woman here and then the rest like that's not followed up on like at all it she like feels like insignificant around his friends 
and then she has a miscarriage. The end of that bit. You know, it, 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 it just... There's very, very, very little of worth and value in this film. And it is annoying because obviously an awful lot of effort from an awful lot of people has gone into it. But it's basically the vision of one angry man who, I don't know, just needs to have words with himself and will probably find it difficult to get the like any kind of final cut on anything he makes ever again. But, and but it's we'll it, everybody else but himself. Yeah, and it, it, it it's annoyingly. Yeah. I think what's going to happen now. I've I, I've got a feeling that people are going to swing back around on the assassination of Jesse James and go too much the other way in going. Well, actually, there's some really dodgy shit in this, and blah blah blah. And I've I've got a feeling there is there is going to be a campaign to kind of destroy Andrew Dominic's legacy at this point which I think is unfair but he has made a very very bad film here yeah there'll be a little bit of a why are we indulging this guy when he's there'll be a revisionism because let's be honest Killing Them Softly is not a liked film we loved it we all loved it I think it's brilliant Mm. but it's not a generally liked film Mm. Um, and that's quite an angry film you know, the, 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 the great ending of that film, America's Business, now fuck you, pay me. Yeah. It's an angry fucking film. Um, there are bits of assassination of Jesse James, but also <coughs> Chopper. Chopper's not... A, Chopper's a fun film. That is actually, when you go back and look at it, it's quite nasty. It's a nasty piece of work. That also, as well, is another complete fabrication of fact. You know, the, yeah. the guy didn't do half the things that he claims to have done. And it's been proven that he didn't. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it, you're now at the point where Andrew Dominic has made four movies, three of which are based around true facts that are not actually true. <laughs> I, yeah. And I mean, it, I mean ob- obviously, like, the interviews that he's done do add context to yes. this and it, like it, it maybe if you were going in like without them you'd have a different opinion but it is it is what it is but he's obviously not interested in Marilyn Monroe mm. like he just wanted to make an NC17 film about the life of Marilyn Monroe yeah almost almost for shits and gigs yeah it's it's he's wanted to do that and, and the way that he can make it more shocking is it is by having it be Hollywood's brightest star it's it, it, it's it's him essentially having this one man campaign just to fucking just essentially to thumb his nose at Hollywood by saying look at what I'm doing. and and also like America <laughs> he's clearly he clearly doesn't like America <laughs> mm. uh, just, which he's fine <laughs> she had a traumatic enough life as it is why add more but that that's it the, the, I don't get it like just. If you want to make a biopic, there's plenty of fucking but he meat on the make bones. No. He does that. That is patently obvious. He does not want to make a biopic, no. and that's fine. But it's just, yeah. I think you're right there. Ian. I, I don't. I don't see why, other than we are getting a tantrum of a movie. Yeah. Of a tantrum of somebody who's had far too much time and far too many toys to play with. 
and has just come up with a really angry piece of shit (laughs) that that some people will will try and claim oh but visually it's interesting is it is it though because it's not the ongoing nightmare aspect of it, I find I find interesting, like just the the the, the sheer Jesus fucking Christ, this is just oppressiveness of it, which is obviously intended. I I think is impressive. I just don't know why it's been applied to this subject matter whatsoever. I think Android is is a. A talented filmmaker who was a prick. And the problem is that the prick took over in this. And it's very much a lesson in some filmmakers need somebody there who can go, no, need a strong producer, not a selection of producers who think that they are a fucking visionary. He's... He's going to double down on this as well, you know that that that's the thing. It, it it's I don't know. It's almost like the kind of path that you see where, like, in ten years' time, he's going to be directing a film starring Gina Carano for the Daily Wire or whatever the fuck it's called. You know, it, it's like he's like if he's going to double down, he's going to get further ostracized from the film community and then it, it just like he's going to find lesser opportunities to work I could just I can kind of see that kind of spiral because this is a film that people hate if he wasn't and mates I, I, with I, I Brad Pitt nobody would give a shit about him by now oh yeah yeah one, yeah. I mean like the fact yeah I mean the fact that Brad Pitt produced this his production company logo comes up at the start nobody's going to be asking questions of Brad Pitt but there is a part of me that is like, dude, you fucking read the screenplay for this, and we're like, yeah, go for it. Like, I, 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 I think his thing was I trusted in Andrew. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see what Brad Pitt thinks of the NC seventeen scene and what he thinks it adds to the story. Nothing, nothing adds anything to the story because there's, there's basically there's no story there. It's a a collection of waffle framed around something that that might have happened and then taking taking a real life of somebody that, that didn't have the that had trouble within their life and then taking certain points of that and blowing up and going, what if we made this fucking worse? Mm. Why? Why would you make it worse? For, for why not? Let's make this worse. What if what if we did this, we did this and we just fucking pile fucking more misery on it? So, but genuinely though, why? Well, why not? Because it. Well, but I'm asking you why. You just can't take it though, can you? No, I just don't see the point in it. Oh, that's because that's because you can't you can't handle the truth. But it's not true. You've just said that. Yeah, you you just you can't handle my vision of what? <laughs> mm. Of what? He's. If, if you're I mean, gonna properly like, fucking shock. Have all of the fucking have all the fucking JFK's fucking Secret Service guys go in there and fucking gang rape her. Why? Why not? Why stop there? Well, I one hundred percent thought that was gonna be you know like when she when they come into her house and take her off for an abortion. Yeah. A second one that never happened. Um, I I thought that was them coming to like to kill her off. Like the rumors are that the the Secret Service killed her, isn't it? Yeah. 
I, I, honestly, I am, I am fully suspiri with this. I think, yeah. If I hadn't used mine last week, I would have gone with that. Um, I'm 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 gonna say I'm gonna say shit. Just like I I I th- like I say I think stylistically the wake the waking nightmare aspect. I know I've said that several times. I find that interesting. There 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 is a mood conjured by this film which is effective and obviously deliberate. I but it, I mean it's shit and. I'll be stunned if it's not my biggest disappointment of the year. Like, Babylon would have to be shit for it to not be. Oh, Babylon's not going to be shit. Hmm. Because it's not. Audience poll? Oh, audience poll is... I'll just get my phone running the cat's bottom for some reason. <laughs> um, you like sitting on phones. Did, did anyone else, while I found this audience poll, did, Ian, did, have you seen the uh, full Red Band trailer yet for before anything uh, for Babylon? For what, sorry? The full Red Band trailer. For for what, sorry, Blonde? For Babylon. Oh, for Babylon, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, so it, it, it's, there's, there's, there's more in it of, like, just, like, that opening party, which I'm getting, which apparently is the opening bit of the film. Yeah. That is, that they should go, all right, so this is a little bit, this is what people are saying, it's a bit like oh. if you crossed Moulin Rouge with uh, Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> oh, okay. I think I probably haven't seen that then. I will well, seek uh, that out. At the end, uh, you know, with the um, who wants to see me fight a snake. Yeah. The actual line isn't that. It's, alright, are you um, swinging dick motherfuckers who wants to see me fight a motherfucking snake? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I definitely haven't seen that. Good stuff. Oh, fuck, that's going to be good. Blonde, definitely not shit. Twenty five percent of people are idiots. Uh, Touching glass, zero percent, and shit, seventy five percent. Well done, calling our audience idiots. Good job. <laughs> Deary me. They're right. used to um, it. That's true. I feel. Right, I feel. Hey. I feel like I, as the person who gets called an idiot most, am allowed to say this. That's a, actually that's a fair point. That's a fair point. You are an idiot. All right, I'll give you that one. I won't say that. Yes. Um, okay, so there we go. That was uh, half an hour or so on, on Blonde. You are welcome. Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four or five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, the Dark Knight has got like, all the orphans and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, I was like, kill them. Then look no further. The His Film, Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, hey, Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh, yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. Beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, Smallville. <laughs> Farscape. Quantum Leap. To giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or... Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree. There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So, with that in mind, join Anna and Mike from Chinstroker vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for the rewatch project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be, or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. Uh, So let's move on to Smile which is direct, written and directed by uh, Parker Finn and stars Zozi uh, so- Bacon, Jesse T. Usher and Kyle Golner. And uh, I don't know, what does IMDb say the synopsis is here? After witnessing a bizarre traumatic incident involving a patient, Dr. Rose Cotter starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she can't explain. Rose must confront her travelling past in order to survive and escape her horrifying new reality. Um, yeah, fair. Right, so, Bex, um, we are in uh, October. Sorry, didn't know it that. is. Didn't know Beck is Kevin Beck and Kira Sedgwick's daughter. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> is she the yeah, awful actress m- that plays the lead? Anyway, I didn't know that. Sorry, sorry to jump in there. That well, it explains why she got the role. Anyway. I mean, she's... Yeah, God, she's got some massive fucking Kira Sedgwick vibes about her now that you say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, um, it just starts to make sense, actually, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, fair play, though. I mean, she's she's had a career. She was in the Scream series, Mayor of Easttown, Narcos Mexico, 13 Reasons Why. Hmm. Yeah, all right. Um... Well, spoiler alert for what Bex thinks about the lead actress anyway. So, um, Bex, um, we're in in October. It is the time for horror movies and whatnot. Um, Did this this put you in the mood for horror? How did you find it? Really, really disappointing, to be honest. Um, I was looking forward to this, and you know what I'm like with horror. It's basically anything not even halfway decent gets a free pass from me normally but the 
the premise is interesting, but the story is shit. The acting is absolutely fucking abysmal from the lead. Absolutely abysmal. And the jump scares. The, the first couple are up. Yeah, you know, pretty decent. I, you know, there's some, there's some, there's a couple of good scares, but then they just, they just keep repeating them. And a, a, a well done jump scare is an an absolutely magnificent thing, but it it has to have more, and it it doesn't really. Um, I think it it relies obviously the 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 the, the premise is built around this the the, the smiling character. But just relying on that one gimmick and a few unenthusiastically done jump scares is does not a horror movie make. Unfortunately for me, it's it's I was I was really disappointed in this. But I think a better actress in the lead role, and it could have got a pass from me. I just think she's fucking awful in this. Absolutely fucking awful like even at the beginning when she's supposed to be you know just her being her normal self she's fucking awful and then when she fucking dials it up to 11 to be like try and persuade this uh sorry to try and portray this kind of hysterical um uh, uh, for people viewing from the outside she's just going crazy it just it just Wow, and the guy that plays her fiance, what the fuck? I mean, has he been taking acting lessons from that scratch of fucking static that plays the flying man in the Marvel movies? Sam Falcon. That's yeah, it. Sam the Falcon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, 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 it, it, just—he he might as well not be there. I, said, I leaned over to you in the cinema, didn't I? And just—I just said. Um, he's got real kind of background character in his own life energy. <laughs> just... which, which, which is a withering take on the person. He does that. <laughs> fucking hell. And oh god, you you can do the bit about the sofa. Fucking hell. But yeah, I, I, just, just so disappointed. So disappointed in it. Okay, all right. And uh, Mark, what are your thoughts? I didn't dislike it as much as Becky. Um, it, it, what I will say is it's it's pushing two hours, which mm. is long for a concept horror film. Mm. One mm-hmm. concept is fun, but quite flimsy. Yeah, There's not a lot of meat to that bone. There's not supposed to be. It's concept horror. But they flesh it out an awful lot without actually getting into any of the mythos behind the smile. Oh, no. And the no. smile creature, which I felt was quite effective, uh, which is quite good. Um, and, you know, I get the whole... All spoilers all the time, by the way, guys. Um, I get the whole... The, the fact that once it gets inside you, that's it, you have no control anymore. And then you get quite a nice shot, I thought. Quite a fun horror shot of it literally fucking climbing inside her, mm. um, yeah. which got a lot of a lot of laughs 
Yeah. In our audience. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, like a lot of laughs. But like in a... Because I, it hadn't earned it. I, I think there was a few of them were laughs at, that's funny. And a few of them were laughs at, oh, that's a bit, go on then. Mm. You know, I think there was as many laughs of enjoyment as there were of derision. And it was a busy, okay. big screening, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, was. It? Yeah, it was busiest I've been since post-Covid. I don't think it's quite that busy. Oh, no, we went to something else. Yeah, yeah. but, yeah. but it, it, it was a, it was, it was one of the biggest screens in the city world and it was virtually sold out. Which was very nice to see. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, there was also... I don't think uh, Saucy Bacon is as bad as you think she is, Becca. I thought she was actually all right. Um, I like seeing Carl Gowler and stuff because yeah. for a while he was like going to be like the new thing of horror mm. and then kind of disappeared for a while and seems to be making a little bit of a comeback. Him and Robin Weiger were the bright spots for me. Robin Wyatt gets very good, but I always think she's quite funny in things. Um, her creepy smile was easily the best. Yeah, her creepy smile, she... she that she was good. Practiced, she she practiced like a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, she did, yeah, because that's not her normal smile. No, it's not. <laughs> um, but there were points where I was turned on to Becky, where well, A, there was a point where, you know, when they're in Joel's apartment, mm. where I was looking at it going, it's a nice fucking window, that. That fucking circular fucking window. Right, how do you mm. build that? And I was working out how you'd actually, the, the physics of actually building that would be. To the point I was like, ah, shit, I don't realise what they've just said now because I was too busy <laughs> working out how to build that. And then, the bit that has annoyed me, and this is, this is... It's really upset you, didn't it? It's really pissed yeah. me off. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and it's, it, 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 it's a bit of a... It, it, Ian, this is my on hold <laughs> in Star Wars okay. thing. It's I'm this level this. of finicky, right? There are a couple of outside shots, aerial shots of um, Rose and Trevor's house. Yeah. And it, it's fair to say it, it's a decent enough size house. It's made up of three buildings, right? Yeah. So, why is he sleeping on the couch for a start off? Because they would have a spare room for him to sleep in. Mm. Is number one thing mm. there. And from a directorial point of view, you could have him sleeping in a spare room and still have it that she notices that, that the audience know that they're not that they're no longer sleeping in the same room because she's gone a bit mental, mm. right? But not only that, where it's positioned in the shot before it. The sofa wasn't there. There was a chair there and the two sofas were either side of the chair so that to have that shot, they've had to, he's had to what? Move the sucking sofas round. Yeah. There was also a shot earlier in the film of the sofa being absolutely fucking massive yeah. as well and he's like curled up on this tiny sofa. Yeah. And, and so when you're noticing those kind of things and those kind of yeah. things in a movie are bothering you, if the it's movie... Awesome. Didn't have like nearly thirty minutes in the middle, and had a different, more focused middle that told a better story. The ending would be a lot fucking better. Mm. Even just the way it is mm. would be a lot better because there's some fucking cool imagery in there 
the the way that she, that she thinks she's killed it, and then she's gone back to Joel's, and then when she runs out of his apartment, oh no, she's still at the house. Yeah. And even that there, when fucking her brother-in-law's going, well, you know, go get rid of the house. It's just a bit of a teardown at, at, at this point anyway, so you can at least get some money for the land. Hmm. Oh, I wonder if that'll fucking come <laughs> back later. <laughs> what, what did you think of yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, some of the dialogue in this film is just very on the nose. Like, it, I, it was just like the amount of times they say like "nutcase" or "crazy" and blah blah blah. It's like, okay, we get the point. <laughs> you you can chill out. Um, but yeah, so I saw this in the most insanely extra way possible. I spent twenty dollars and watched it in Dolby Cinema. <laughs> so I watched it in like the weirdly best possible format you could watch a, like a film in probably other than IMAX and it was for Smile um, so th- that was something um, but yeah so this is a film that I think it's more successful with the what it's trying to say than it is with the jump scares and almost like the in a way they're kind of how it's trying to say it um it's got the jump scares in there for you know you're your kind of like typical kind of like date night horror crowd but the thing that worked for me was just the the commentary on basically once you were tagged with the crazy brush mm. no fucker will listen to you yeah um and they won't listen to you basically because they essentially it, it i mean this is quite uh, nihilistic but because nobody wants to nobody wants to try and deal with a crazy person because it's a lot of effort you know and it, it and that's what this film is is kind of trying to say um or at least i i think it is but the way that it kind of puts you like the unreliable narrator aspect of it uh i thought was really interesting like the my audience when the birthday party sequence happens and she gives the gift to the kid. There is uh like, and then the unsettling music starts instantly. I just heard multiple people around go, "It's the cat! It's the cat! It's the fucking cat!" And then it's the cat, and it's just this such. I, I you know, I, obviously you're expecting the cat to come back to be a factor in it at some point, but then that happens, and it's just such this, like setting a light to you uh, to your societal relationships in one fell swoop kind of mm. act um I, that i thought was very effective the whole just like little things like her setting the alarm and then it being like well you know why did you do that and she's sort of like oh, what? I, I don't remember just these little things and then jesse t usher who is awful in this um but his the boy so the the, the fiance for listeners his character i don't know it was interesting because i thought if it if it was a horror movie that wanted to have more fun i think his character would have ended up getting killed somehow like i'll be honest i thought how this was going to end at one point was she was going to kill jesse t usher and it was going to be in front of uh like the sister the, the sister's husband yeah. Or like if you really wanted to get like almost dark comedy in front of the sister's kid. Kid. Yeah. Like if you really wanted to go like fucking hell. You know, yeah, yeah. But this is a film that 
does have scares in it, but isn't necessarily interested in being a fun time. It wants to shit you up. Um, okay. And it's... I've, I've, I've seen it described as like an A24 film, a horror film that maybe wants to be more of a horror film. And I, I get that. I, I think it's a better It Follows. But well, I also that... know that I'm... Sorry, go on. You said that in your backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I compared it to It Follows. It's like a better It Follows and a worse Gothica. Yeah. yeah. Nice. But yeah, and um, I think you're, I think you're spot on right there. I think it, it is... It, it's... The more interesting bits of it are when it's being... Um, when, it, 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 when it's exploring motifs rather than horror tropes. Mm. <coughs> but the problem is some of the better executed bits. The a couple of well executed jump scares, it just repeats them three times. That's the problem and then so they don't yeah. they don't mean anything now. Even the earlier ones are solid. The, the, there's three jump scares of someone going, Rose, uh uh-uh. Yeah. There's three There's one that's that I really liked though. What? And that's with the, with the sister next to the car. Uh, but I thought, where a head just flops around I fucking love that but, but then again but again there's no exploring the mythos of this demon no so it can possess it can possess it can manifest it can it can crawl haunt. inside you it, it can crawl inside you there's no it's a bit it, it's a bit like they couldn't pick a lane for it to yeah, have yeah so and it, it, never it arrives by a car train plane and boat all at the fucking same time it never explores what it actually fucking is either no because they're hoping they can explore back the sequel oh please don't give it a sequel there'll be a sequel holy shit yeah 100% I mean you get that kind of reveal of at least what maybe its original form looks like at the end Mm. with like the multiple teeth and whatnot, when it kind of like crawls inside her mouth but that 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 is all you all you get because you know the whole kind of like what's going on sequence in the middle which is too long and especially when there's no real outcome um it, it, it you know just the whole well there's a pattern and it, it like there's this suicide 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 but they never go back far enough to get any kind of idea of no how it actually started so you're left there with a bit like well what was the point of that then um but i think the third act the third act does the whole kind of like okay like she's gonna have to do the thing that she thinks is gonna solve it but then that's actually not gonna solve it and then you're gonna get like a twisty kind of ending i knew that was coming but i liked the way that it just went fucking balls out with the creature design at the end and just like the whole kind of like ripping the skin off the face and stuff like that and it was like okay you grabbed my attention and it's interesting one thing that i didn't know going in was the makeup effects were created and designed by alec gillis and tom woodruff jr who have been in the industry for like fucking decades like they did the alien for alien 3 and i think tom woodruff jr was in the suit in alien 3 so they've been around for ages um and there's just like it is visceral like the bit at the start where the girl like slits her throat but in that kind of like smile motion is incredible and you've got moments every now and then that are full tilt horror like that 
that I hope a sequel does more of. Also, before I forget, the title card absolutely slapped. Oh yeah, title card was fucking great. Like that's that's how you do a horror title card. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it, it, I I I think this is an interesting film. I don't think it's wholly successful, and it is way too long. I mean, like you said, Mark, like hour fifty five is egregious for what this film is, but as a ring ripoff for a new generation I, I i think it works i i mean fair play to paramount they're absolutely smashing it with their um like cinematic releases at the moment this was one where it said in association with paramount players at the start and paramount players is basically the paramount production company for when they're just going to put things straight on streaming it, it was supposed but to they paramount had, plus um, and then yeah. it, it tested so well that they went nah fuck it we're putting it out yeah, exactly, and I think it cost. Um, I think it cost something like eight million dollars. Looks like it's going to do about nineteen in the US this weekend. You know, it's got all of October to run. Paramount are going to make bank again. You know, and just as a tangent, The Lost City, Jackass Forever, Top Gun Maverick, obviously this. Um, you know, they are making money hand over fist at the moment, and that they're being very, very smart and and good on them. And they, you know what? They're, they're like, I'll watch another more. Smile. Yeah, they, apparently they spent more um, on the marketing for Smile than they did on the making the film because they were yeah, that they're, confident they're, that they could that, that they would make back whatever on it. I mean, that shit where they planted people in the crowds in at sports games and like on Good Such Morning America idea. and stuff like yeah. that. That's incredible. It's it's clever. That's incredible. Is, Smile. The more I'm talking about, the more I'm actually, the more I'm starting to go. Do you know what? The 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 bits that I liked are starting to outweigh the bits that I didn't. And I like that. I'd watch no, the sequel I'm... because she's dead, isn't she? Oh, is she there? <laughs> yeah, she's. Is she there? Yeah. She's dead. She she, Saint Maudie herself, didn't she? Yeah, but I didn't laugh it... as much. No. It would it would be cool if it was a direct continuation and it's Kyle Gallner trying to stop it and like getting into the what yeah. is going on of it all. My worry with a sequel would be it's going to spend the first half an hour basically reiterating to get people to the point where we are at the end of this one. Yeah, and it's just like no, let Kyle Gallner who is very supportive of the film on social media, let him be the lead in the next one and let him try and figure out what's going on yeah go Ma- maybe further. kind of yeah. yeah yeah you know discover what like the mythos of the monster is and then probably die at the end as well yeah i i the thing is that's it i would happily watch a cow gallman um mm. what is it Cause he i think he, he he was good at it at he was he, he was yeah i think slightly lazy making of the ex-boyfriend why it feels a little. It just feels a little bit like they had an idea, and then they wrote around the idea. Yes. Yeah. And none of the the none of the around bits were anywhere near as as well formed as the idea. They just ran with the idea, mm. and that's a shame because the idea is good. So even at the point of it's, and I, I get it. This is Parker Finn. It's his first film, I believe. And 
he he wants to continue making films. He wants this to be a bit of a a bit of a hit. So he has done things. There's clearly a little bit of studio. Look, you need to make sure you do this. You need to make sure you do this. You need to make sure you do this. And I think he's done that and still delivered a, a decent enough film. Hey, look, it's uh, it, it looks like it's going to be a bit of a banger year for horror movies, and Smile was just another one of those really dependably solid ones, you know. But um, like frankly, I think Hellraiser is going to have more to remember about it, um, and apart and Pearl like people are talking like Mia Goff should be getting an Oscar nomination for it kind of stuff. Um, Smile is absolutely just one of those commercially successful ones, which is going to get the like teen audiences in to watch it. And do you know what? The ring is 20 years old. Let's have, let's have another variant on that. What's wrong with that? Yeah. It's this year's malignant without being anywhere near as good as malignant. Fair. I don't, I don't, you can't put it in the same fucking way. No, I don't think it's as good, but in the way I think it's caught audiences mm. in the same way as Malignant did. But yeah, it's not patched Malignant is a future horror classic. Mm. Yep, I'm going to be rewatching Malignant again this month and I'm very much looking forward to it. But um, Yeah, we are as well, actually. <laughs> it's on nice. Yeah, um, d- yeah def- definitely not shit. I had a good time with it. I am touching cloth with it. But I am uh, the, the closest you can be to definitely not shit with a touching cloth. I, I I will go. I don't think I'm quite sure. I stop. I think I'm still. I think I'm touching cloth with it. There's enough that I liked, but then but then I did find myself trying to do masonry work halfway through it. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah, I would say touching cloth. The, the her performance ruined it for me. Apart from that. I think I would have quite liked it, so I can't say it's shit. She's just shit. I, I did like the fact that I've, I've how much her sister fucking clearly fucking hates her own husband. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, there. That 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 was funny though. Like just yeah. the the that sister's passive aggressive nature. There was an element of the Becky Halls to her. <laughs> yeah, there was. I, I did like, yeah, that, but that also as well. I, I must say, the Jesse T. Usher. I don't know anything about him, but I have never seen a man so uncomfortable at the idea of being presented in a hetero relationship. And I don't know if he's in a hetero relationship in his real life or anything like that. But he genuinely seemed a little bit like at, at any point that if Rose touched him, he was going, oh <laughs> yeah. Our audience poll. Audience poll. Definitely not shit, 50%. Touching cloth, 19%. Shit, 19%. And Geostorm, 12%. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah, it's kind of all over the place. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> the Monsters, written and directed by Rob Zombie, starring Jeff Daniel Phillips, Daniel Roebuck... Sherry Moon Zombie. Um, didn't realise this until I just looked at IMDb, but absolutely makes sense. Sylvester McCoy is in it as Igor. Yeah. And yeah, of course that's Sylvester McCoy. Um, Richard Brake and uh, Jorge Garcia. So, IMDb says... Um, reboot of the monsters that followed a family of monsters who moves from Transylvania to an American suburb. There you go. Um, so, this is a film 
that I knew I was going to have to watch and was really not looking forward to it. Marketing has been awful. Um, weird distribution where it's on Netflix in the US only, not even in Canada. Um, is, it has also which, got which a... It does, it does appear, apparently, that has even surprised Rob Zombie. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, just so weird. Um, and uh, But yeah, it's also got a physical media release as well. Apparently, that disc is absolutely stacked with extras. Um, go figure. Are, yeah, yeah. Um, Alright, Mark, the monsters, what did you think of it? <laughs> uh, the thing is, Rob Zombie has been... Has been threatening to make this movie for 15 years mm. uh, I did see an interview thing where he, he he addressed the this movie cost 40 million dollars rumour and was very much like no <laughs> no no one's given me 40 million dollars to make any movie like I don't think if you added all my movies together, they cover forty million dollars. Mm. It's like it was self-financed, and it was around it was around five million dollars. It's not forty million. It's like, have you seen it? What was this thing about it? Um, it's I saw it described by somebody as it's a little bit like a pawn spoof, but all of the pawns been taken out of it. <laughs> and that's kind of accurate but that is also a little bit not far off what the fucking monsters was it's it's very much the movie it's very much rob zombies the monsters yeah it you know i'm glad he didn't make a rob zombie as in a rob zombie house of a thousand corpses and um devil's rejects Rob Zombie Monsters and put all the porn in it. I'm glad he didn't do that. I didn't try and make it serious and like dark and yeah, stuff as well. It, he's just made a weird, fun film that that has its flaws. It's it's a little bit too long. It's a lot too long. It's a good twenty minutes too long mm. uh, because it's it's fun at the start and then it's fun at the end. It's a little bit baggy in the middle. But Sherry Moon Zombie uh, is doing a good. Um, Lily Monster. Um, Jeff Daniel Phillips is doing a very good um, Herman Monster. He's fucking great as Herman. Um, yeah, it's a lot more fun than I expected it to be. I'm going to go out, out right and say it. We'll talk more about it, but I'm going to give away my review by my view at the end. It's, it's a Geostorm. Oh, it's very Jeff definitional. Because yeah. I don't think it's good. <laughs> oh. But. I don't even think... I think if Rob Zombie was on this show with us now and we were to explain our our ranking systems, I think he'd go, I want a fucking Geostorm. Mm. I'm, this is, I have made this to be a Geostorm. The monsters were shit, but good. And, and that, that's what it is. I have enough fun with it. it. It knows exactly what it is. It The production design is fucking great. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm all right with it. If if you've got into this and come out of it going, well, it's just this schlocky kind of mess of movie, like, 
Have you not seen the Monsters or a Rob Zombie film? Well, yeah, yeah. Go on, some else. Yeah, absolutely did not anticipate my, this being my favourite of the films that we reviewed this week, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really fucking loved it. I, I really liked The Monsters when, when I was a kid. I used to watch it all the time. It was just fun, but stupid, like... You could almost imagine bits of the set falling off and hitting someone in the head or something like that. That literally could happen if you with the influence to shows. You know, it looked tacky, it looked cheap, but it was it was just really good fun. And I think... To, to, to back that up, sorry, I'm fairly certain one of the Monsters Christmas specials, one of the back paintings in the back, had a big slice through it and you could see through it for the most part, what is it? Yeah. And they just didn't correct <laughs> it because they were like, it's the fucking Monsters, yeah. no one cares. Yeah. It's it's like a sweeter Adams family, like they're just like a normal family, but they happen to be monsters. Whereas the Adams family, there there is a bit more monstery shit in there. Um, but I think you know you're not gonna beat Fred Gwynn as 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 Herman Monster, but I think I think he does a really fucking good job in this. Like, and they are clearly they're not putting their own spin on the characters they're not trying to make them their own they're just doing impersonations of the original portrayals but that's what you want from a monsters reboot or prequel or whatever it is it's prequel um you're not going to enjoy this if you don't have some nostalgia and affection for the original series you you, you're just not i don't think but yeah I, i really really loved it Yeah, I um, I'm not going to say I loved it. Uh, I know I'm glad you did, Bex. Um, I'm st- staggered, to be honest, because um, that trailer that we talked about a few weeks back was awful, and it kind of amateurish, and it kind of seemed like it was based off of unfinished footage. But you watch this, and it's I mean, it's more a collection of scenes than it is a film for me. Yeah. Um, and it's, it I don't know, it kind of feels more like a pilot because, like, by the end of the film, you've got to kind of where the monsters began, essentially. Um, but I, I enjoyed my time with it. I got to say, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips as um, Herman, I thought was terrific i thought he was great like really funny and sweet and endearing sherry moon zombie was yeah good good yeah you know um i yeah i mean i suppose i don't have an awful lot to say about it but i mean like i liked i liked how vivid it was like like you said mark the production design was great um i'm not gonna say it caught it looks like it cost any more than five million dollars but you know it doesn't look like it cost nothing Hmm. um and there's a style to it and it apps it's it's interesting i've been seeing multiple people talk about avatar this week with the re-release and say like it's a very sincere film and i I think avatar is i would very much describe the monsters as that as well it is again it's absolutely the film that rob zombie wanted to make but unlike with blonde i could see a section of people really getting something out of this as as bex did and i i yeah i i I think there are people 
who will probably add this into their Halloween rotation. Um, you know, I mean, like it, it's family friendly. I suppose is a weird way of putting it, but it is PG rated. You know, there's a couple of like references to things for older people, but, but no, it is your average Pixar movie. Yeah, no, exactly. But it, it's a sweet film. Um, yeah, and, and you know, fair fair play to Rob Zombie for it. You know, and I hope he makes his money back. You know, <laughs> I, I I hope everybody washes their face with this. It's one of those things. I think he's he commented on the someone said about the production design being really good, and he was like, "Well, yeah, I'll be honest." He said things like a lot of the sets we had really talented set people but <clears throat> I said you know it's it's plywood and lights <laughs> and a bit of paint most of it it's like it's it's quite easy to do it's, it's, it's and he was saying you know, it's sometimes easier to have a few skilled people with a room and a Home Depot card <laughs> uh, a Home Depot voucher with, with 500 bucks on it will probably deliver you a better set than, you know, a team of CGI guys. Yeah. So that, that, that's, that's the filmmaking that I, I would prefer to do. And he's like, don't get me wrong, I love going to see these big budget films. I, you know, I, I like going to see the latest Spider-Man. I, I, I dig those things. I'm not saying this is better or anything like that, but he was very good at pace there. But, you know, it's foam and fabric. It's really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it was... And it was just sort of nice in the fact that he's very much like that. Yeah. You know, and he's been very honest and said, because somebody was saying, you've toured a lot recently about music because he's just finished another tour. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I have to do a lot of touring to pay for the monsters. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of like, it's pretty cool that. I've seen Bob Zombie a bunch of times. He's fucking great live. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if he's got that that he can do which he enjoys and people enjoy and then he can do this and there's that there's that J-pop metal band um, that he's um, he, he's had a tour with him for a few dates yeah and like a lot of the metal community have like basically been slanging him off about it and he posted like a picture on his Instagram of him with that cat with the call oh, of this okay. J-pop metal band uh, and it's these three like young girls in it yeah. And he got a load of shit for it. And he was commenting on it back to them, saying. To baby these, metal. Yeah. What it was, yeah. Uh, baby, baby, call baby metal, Ali. Hmm? Baby metal call, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was basically going, fuck you, dickheads. These guys fucking rock harder than any of you pricks. And was basically just going about it and just attacking it. And I just. I think it's fucking. He's, he's been a very derided guy. He's not actually done that much fucking wrong. I don't think he gives a fuck though, does he? No, I don't. I don't think he gives a shit. Mm. But it's just, I've seen an awful lot of sniffiness towards the monsters, and it's a bit. And actually, going back to it, it's Rob Zombie's the monsters. What did you expect? What did you expect? Yeah. Why watch it if you know you're not going to like it? <laughs> yeah, and I think the fact that someone's tackled it that loves the monsters is the absolute fucking best thing. I think anyone else would have maybe tried to do something a bit more out of his family with it. If you'd have ended up more serious. If you'd have ended up with a fucking CG monsters fucking straight to Netflix eight yeah. minute movie yeah. that was voiced by fucking B 
Ben Schwartz, something like that. Nothing against Ben Schwartz, but you know what I mean? <laughs> that kind of thing. Then that would have been a bit like, well, you know, that, that, that's farting out content. Yeah. This isn't farting out content. No. No. Weirdly. This is a filmmaker musician fucking a little bit putting his money where his mouth is. Yeah. And making something that he wanted to make. And yeah. I, I absolutely think that Rob Zombie and Sherry Moon Zombie have fucked with her dress like Living Monster before this. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? Fuck it. I'm fine with that. To, I mean, to be fair to her, she's a hot chick and she rocks the look, so... She looks pretty damn good for 50, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. I've always been I, 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 What I mean now is, not that she looks good for 50, she just looks, just looks fucking good yeah, and she yeah. happens to be 50. I'm not even 40 and I wish I looked as good as she did. Yeah, I had a good time with Monsters. It's a Geostorm. It is an absolute fucking Geostorm. I am not going to pretend <laughs> this is a good movie. And I can't. I don't think Rob Zombie would pretend that this is a good movie. But it's the movie he wanted to make and I'm glad he got to make it. I think, I don't know, it depends how you define good movie. It succeeds in what it wants to do. I, I, I just don't think I can bring myself to say that it's definitely not shit because I do think it's a bit shit but I think it's it's virgin unintentional shit and it's too long uh, it's a bit too long Back but in. the bit where they're in Paris though because that's the bit that makes it too long it's funny no, the bit, I think after Paris it starts to get a little bit uh. warm down no, but yeah the bit in Paris of the, I don't really like Paris people are rude <laughs> 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 And it's a bit like, I'm I don't gonna... like Paris because people are rude. Oh. Right, I was I was going to go Geostorm, but I, I, I just liked it too much. I'm going to have to give it a yeah, definitely you... not shit. That's yeah, you're, you're at definitely not shit, Bex, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Geostorm for me, it's barely a movie, but I, 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 thought, I thought it was engaging enough. I thought it was entertaining and... You know, Blonde was is probably going to be on my biggest disappointments. I could see the monsters being on my biggest surprises, despite the fact I'm even giving it a Geostorm. But I fully expected this to be one of the worst films of the year, so I'm I'm delighted to say it's not. Mm. Uh, our audience poll: definitely not shit, zero percent. Touching class, seventeen percent. Shit, sixty-seven percent of miserable bastards. Uh, <laughs> Geostorm, sixteen. <laughs> I'm sorry, I I do love you all. You know I do. <laughs> I'm being dearie me. Even if you are miserable. Um, right, we've got about. I've got about twenty minutes. Do we? Do we want to do Twitter questions, or are there any what we've been watching that anyone wants to quickly bang off? I will. I, I will quickly bang off. Um, we'll probably go into more detail. I haven't watched anything. You've not watched anything else, have you? Bit of reading, haven't you? Yeah. Okay. Um, I did watch uh, the greatest beer on ever. Yeah, uh, Ian's. I think a portion into it. Are you? I'm about a third of the way in. Yeah, I won't, I won't give away too much because I don't want to ruin it for Ian, even though it is an actual based and true story. Uh, <laughs> to an extent, uh, but a lot more accurate than some of the films. Um, I really liked it. I think it's a fun tweet movie. I think it's got things to say. It looks very good. Um, Zephyr does a really good New York yeah and you keep expecting it to just break it as Zephyr and it doesn't <laughs> uh, like I say I'm going to stop there because I don't want to point Ian's in but the movie does sw- which I think you're expecting to happen 
does switch quite significantly at a certain point. Yeah. Um, and again, don't think I'm giving away too much here. There's a bit towards the end I didn't expect to get kind of choked up at. Oh, wow. Um, towards the end there. What I will give it, I uh, paused it to go and get myself a drink um, and looked up and went, fucking hell! Because I was watching it on my own and was amazed that I was 48 minutes into it. I thought I was about 20 minutes into it. Fair enough. I thought the opening bursts along like a motherfucker. But nice. it's got shit to say. Um, I think one of the things that it is saying, again, this isn't giving away too much, so it spoils it for anybody who hasn't watched it or even who's halfway through it. Um, but this idea of if you think shades of grey, no, everything is black and white, is a modern problem, it fucking isn't. Mm. Uh, is, is quite well done. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I didn't expect for um, all the movies we were watching this week, the greatest beer run ever, to be the film that I think was my favourite of the lot that we talked about this week. Yeah. But it probably was. Wow, fair enough. We'll uh, um, we'll um, we'll talk a bit more about it next week. Also. Gonna go out on a limb here. Looks fucking better than blonde. <laughs> it looks fucking actually it's a lovely 4K. And the Atmos is yeah. fucking great on it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It sounds fucking brilliant. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's that's all I've got. The only other film I watched this week was Wanderlust. Was what? You know, Wanderlust, the uh, Paul Rudd and Jennifer Aniston movie. Um, which is a fun movie um, and does contain Justin through doing a good performance where he keeps on listing uh, modern products but just that none of them are anywhere near remotely modern they're all like 40 years old <laughs> so he's like going ah oh, you don't need any of your fangled Netflix power, uh, Nintendo power gloves and Sony Walkmans <laughs> Uh, what else have you watched while you've been out in out in the land of magic? Uh, oh yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I've got I've got three others to talk about, so I'll um, I'm going to set myself seven minutes so that we got ten minutes for Twitter stuff at the end. Um, so I uh, went to the cinema and watched Avatar in IMAX 3D. Uh, my opinion on Avatar basically hasn't changed. Um, I think that film is too long. I think the action and the world building is incredible. I think Jake Sully is a character who you only get behind because you're told that he's significant and like, yeah, okay, he changes his mind about the Navi, but yeah, great, I don't care. Um, so yeah, Avatar is Avatar, but what I, I think Stephen Lang as Colonel Quaritch is incredible and I'm looking forward to him coming back in the sequel. Um, what I will say, uh, after, after it, uh, like there's a mid-credits sting, which apparently varies, and I think the variable is if you're watching it in IMAX 3D or not. So if you're not, you get a dialogue scene from Avatar 2. But what I got was um, a sequence with what I think is one of uh, Jake and Atiri's kids uh, in an ocean basically communicating with a whale and swimming with a whale 
and in Avatar, the remastered Avatar, there's some variable frame rate stuff going on where literally within the same shot sometimes it'll go from 24 frames per second to a high frame rate and it looks weird but on occasion it works um but with this it was like everything above the water was 24 and then when it went below the water it was high frame rate and with the 3d as well it was almost like you were watching a fucking nature documentary and i think that's what cameron is going for and it worked um i'm really intrigued about way of water uh from a technological point of view and again a world point of view i am looking forward to seeing that film in imax 3d um there there is something spoilery that i've heard that may be bullshit about way of water i'm not going to say what it is but if it pulls off uh, I'm way more here for it than I would have been otherwise. Um, maybe I will say it, but if people, if you guys don't care, I don't care. I think I know what it is anyway. So, uh, so just skip the next thirty seconds. So I have heard that basically Jake dies at the end of the first act. Yeah, and if that's the case. <sighs> If that's the case, and we get to do some Avatar with non-Jake Sully, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Alright, cool. Let's do it. There we are. Um, so, uh, I also watched uh, Athena, which Ooh, is a I'm new film. I'm forward to watching this. Oh, yes. Uh, new film on Netflix directed by uh, Romain Gavras. Uh, so uh, this is people have been hot on Twitter about this, but also Noel was very. You need to watch this. Mm. Um, so essentially, um, it's about a community in France that basically goes to war with the police over the killing of uh, uh, one of their young. Um, who uh, it, it basically there was a video released of police um, killing this kid. Um, and there's a different there are brothers of this kid one of them works with like the french military and it's essentially trying to end things in a way that's not going to like end in extreme bloodshed um you've got a brother who is basically leading the the revolution within the community and you've got an older brother who's like a drug dealer within the community and kind of almost doesn't have a side um and it's it's told basically through a collection of like oneers um, and I suppose the best way I could describe it is Lahane meets Assault on Precinct 13 meets The Raid fucking hell um, fucking which hell. <laughs> yeah yeah um, and it, it, it yeah I mean it, it, it is basically that if that sounds like your cup of tea you're gonna like Athena um, it's it's a depressing film it's a film that's got stuff to say but it's also one that's very very exciting cinematically um and uh looks like it cost an absolute fortune i heard the opening is a fucking banger yeah everything up until the title card is like wow um and then you 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 get a lot of that as well but like it yeah it's it's interesting because it's like 
a social commentary cinema but that also is unapologetically entertaining with how it's depicting stuff um it is very 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 good and uh obviously uh mark or you or mark and bex will be watching it at some point soon so we'll probably talk about it more then yes uh and uh my last one i finally caught up on bergman island uh mia hansen loves film from last year uh which i thought was fucking brilliant extremely my shit um it's Tim Roth and Vicky Creeps are like this filmmaking couple. They don't make films together. I think one of them writes, one of them directs, basically. Um, but they are visiting the home of Ingmar Bergman. Uh, their relationship is kind of okay, but kind of not. Vicky Creeps is trying to write a film, and you get a film within a film starring Mia Wasikowska and, and Anders Danielson Lee as a uh, ex-couple brought together um, at a friend's wedding. Um and it's it gets very very meta at the end which i wasn't expecting and i thought was really interesting um but it's full of love for film but also love for and and as danielson lee being a very very hot man and uh mia wasikowska having some really 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 good chemistry with him um it's uh yeah it, it's a kind of like a romantic film a hot film um but it's also got a lot of conversation about film history and some really pretty uh, environments. So uh, yeah, I'm um, I'm out of time on that. But um, yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed Bergman Island, and I wish I watched it last year because it would have been on my ten. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is he, is he that uh, Anderson, Danson Lee? Is he the guy? Is he been the worst person in the world? Yeah. Right, I need to catch up on that and that this next couple of weeks. Yeah, he. And he, like he's a doctor in real life who just acts in films when he fancies acting in films. Is he also a musician as well? Yeah, like it, it that that dude like could be could be huge. Um, and seriously, the chemistry he's got with Mia Wasikowska in this is ridiculous. He's got fucking um, three degrees. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a he's medical a, he's doctor. He's an impressive dude. And he's got a degree in musicology and a degree in ancient Greek as well. Fucking fair play, bro. <laughs> yeah, he's a really, really impressive guy. Like, end of, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. And Mia Vaskowska, um just playing a normal person in this, which is nice. Ah, yeah, that's interesting. Because usually she does play uh, a bit too kooky and it's annoying. <laughs> yeah, no kook here. Um kind of heartbreaking to be honest but yeah really good um right questions Ooh, questions we have a couple uh, i forgot to put a question out today uh, that's my bad apologies um ricky after ian's experiences with his namesake hurricane this week what are your favorite films where extreme weather plays a significant part all of them love a weather film. we do like a weather movie don't we heavy rain is, is, is a big one up there for me Twister, obviously. Twister, obviously. What's that Geostorm? Oh, are you talking uh, about... Day after tomorrow. Day after yeah. tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, can I also point out, I know we do this every time, but do the right thing. Yeah, good call. Every time there's a movie where it's like, what movie is this? Do the right thing always comes up in it. Do the right thing. It's set on the hottest day of the year. I've never seen Do the Right Thing. 
Jesus. Cloud, do you have a chance of meatballs? <laughs> Strong one, that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else is there? The fog. The fog, good shout. Yeah. yeah. Uh, perfect storm. The mist. That's technically like weather. Yeah. 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 White out. <laughs> white out. I like white out. White out's a good no, film. It is good. Fair. That's the Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. Be- Be- God, what's her name? Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale, yeah. A lot of the, the thing vibes to it as well. Mm. In, the, in the sense that it's set in a fucking Arctic outpost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's a fun time with White Out. It's better than it has any right to be. All weather movies, actually. Yeah, I do like a weather movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. No. Will you be reviewing Netflix Lou, which stars Alison Janney and who else is in it here? I don't know. That's not a real name. <laughs> Journey <laughs> Smollett. <laughs> what is it, Ian? Journey Smollett. Uh, Journey I, I Smollett. I don't either. It's got not Kit Harrington in it. Love and Marshall Green's in it. Yeah. Isn't he not yeah. Tom Hardy? He's also not Tom Hardy at the same time, yeah. Oh, okay, at the same time, okay. Yeah, he, he's not a few people. Uh, I might watch this. How long is it? Oh, it's like over 100 minutes. Bollocks to that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got time for that shit? Jesus Christ, Mark. Yeah, I'll watch that. Sounds interesting. Yeah, uh, that, that was our questions this week. Okay, so that will do for this week's show. Sorry it's short, but we'll be back with a regular length next week, I am sure. And what is coming up next week? We have got... Uh, oh, God, my mind's gone blank. The Woman King. Um, oh, hell yeah. I'm starting to get a little bit worried about that. Yeah, you shouldn't read I'm that should, story. I, I shouldn't read, should I? No. <laughs> I shouldn't um, read. <laughs> uh, a film I am getting worried about, Amsterdam. Um, also, a film I am worried about watching, Hellraiser. Is that next week? So fucking psyched for that. Yeah. Friday. The Woman King was wet. The Woman King was written by Maria Bella. I'm not sure I understand. Yeah, she came up with the story and she wrote. Yeah, there is a chance uh, Maria Bello gets an Oscar nomination for producing or writing The Woman King this this season. Yeah. What I would say about that is don't don't do any. Like historical research in uh, the Kingdom of Dahomey. <laughs> okay. Because they're, they're horrible people. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to see if the film addresses it at all. Addresses certain things. <laughs> um. We yeah we shall see. Uh, I'm I'll also be starting some LFF coverage. Um, I'll be able to watch stuff in the screener library when I'm back in the UK um, I'm also seeing White Noise on Thursday um, so I'll talk about that and uh, I'm seeing Holy Spider a week Tuesday um, 
which is the new film from the person who directed Border. Uh, so that should be interesting. Um, so, yeah, there we are. It, it's going to be a busy one next time round. Uh, so uh, I assume we're back to our Wednesday records next time round, is it? Uh, I think so. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. It's fine by me. Um, so there's probably going to be a bit uh, a bit of a delay between this show and the next show because of that. We're recording on a Sunday this week, so it's going to be about a week and a half. But then when we do have a show, it's probably going to be fucking huge. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, strap in then. Uh, other than that, I did all the preamble at the start, so I'm just going to say thank you very much today, Becky. Thanks, Ian. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much. Kiki, I'm coming home. <laughs> Goodbye. Andrew Dominic can suck my dick. <laughs> uh, oh, there you go. Good ending. <laughs>